Welcome, podcast listeners, to Hacker Public Radio. I'm your host for this show, Phoenix, and I'd like to welcome you one and all. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by yet another awesome guest, Ryan Dewhurst. Ryan, could you introduce yourself to the Hacker Public Radio audience? Yeah, certainly. Hello, uh, Hacker Public Radio audience. Um, my name is Ryan Dewhurst. I'm a, I'm an ethical hacking for computer security student at Northumbria University. Um, I've worked on a few open source projects, probably the most popular one being Damn Vulnerable Web App. Um, I've done a little bit of open source work for Nictor, uh, W3AF, and another project of mine uh, called ScreenStamp. Okay. Um, first and foremost, Ryan, it's really I'm really grateful that you could hop on the line with me here. Uh, I suppose the the first question that I have for you is, you know, what inspired you to 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 start a project like Damn Vulnerable Web App, and kind of bolted onto that. Now, how would you best describe to the Hacker Public Radio audience what actually is Damn Vulnerable Web App? Yeah, if um, if before we start, is, would it be okay if I give a a quick disclaimer? Um, yeah, of course. That'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Fantastic. I'd just like to say that, um, that obviously my views are my own. Uh, they don't represent the views of anyone else. Um, for example, like my, my universities. Um, uh, yeah, and that, that's all really. Okay. And carrying on with the question. Yeah, um, it actually started last year, um, about December last year, I wanted to get started. Um, I wanted to learn more about web application security. Um, I had the books and everything, just not the practical knowledge, so I thought the best way to, to learn web application security was to, to actually build one myself. Um, and in the process, I made it insecure and secure uh, at the same time, um, which, which sort of taught me how to make a, a secure application. I, th I think the best way to learn is, is sort of hands-on uh, practical, and it also makes it uh, legal as well, you know, you're doing it on your own machine, yeah. local host, <laughs> not getting into trouble at all. Um, so basically, it's as the name suggests, it's, it's a it's a web application that's really vulnerable. Um, not only that, it has it has lots of features in there for um, people to teach web application security or people to learn web web application security. Um, features such as we have the security level. Um, let's go from low, medium to high uh, levels. Low being no security, medium being uh, bad security, and high being should be unhackable um, in, in theory. <laughs> Not always the case. <laughs> um, and there's other features. It's got PHP IDS installed on there, which can enable and disable, um, and, and lots of other things as, as well. So really the, the idea of, really the inspiration for Damn Vulnerable Web App was something legal for you to, to practice your your skills on. Exactly, yeah. Um I think at the time I was I was messing around with, with Python, um building uh, brute force scripts, um brute force um HTML forms. Um I had nothing to, to test my scripts on legally so I, I put damn vulnerable uh, web app together so then I could, you know, test my my tools and improve them. Um, and then I thought, well, I could extend this and sort of practice my SQL injection skills. So I put an SQL injection on there, and it sort of sort of went from there. Okay. Uh, I mean, but who is Dan Vulnerable Web App aimed for? I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Yeah. Sorry. Who is who? Who would you say Dan Vulnerable Web App is aimed towards then? 
I'd say mainly it's, it's aimed towards the, the students. People want to learn web application security. Um, it, it's pretty, it, it can be as easy or as hard as, as you want it to be with the security levels. Um, there's also helps and tips throughout the application. But I'd say it's definitely for the, the newcomers to web application security to, to test out their, their skills on um, and get, get better at, it's not so much finding the vulnerabilities, it's more you know, the exploitation of, of the vulnerabilities and maybe also combining the different vulnerabilities to, you know, to pawn a box, if you will. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me what it, it, it's really good at is enabling you to, to produce, um, you know, use different vulnerability scanners per se uh, and actually mm -hmm. use to build your skill up at using tools to find those those similar vulnerabilities that you you've deployed within damn vulnerable web app. Um, yep. You know. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Carry on, sorry, mate. Sorry, that, that's that's you know that's the good thing about it. You not only can you practice your skills on there, you can you can fire tools against it, see how they compare, see what they miss, um, tweak them, see if they pick up anything better, or just to to learn how the actual tool works uh, itself. I mean, it seems to me that that almost it's a, an evolving project that you know what you started off with by default will get bigger and bigger and bigger as more people start throwing more tools and more ideas and, and more hacks at it. Um, am, I, am I right in, in thinking that? Has this project grown quite a lot since you first started it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I started off um, in December last year, um, I'd say I, I kept it for myself for a few months before releasing it. I didn't think maybe no one else would find it useful apart from myself, but I put it out there anyway, and I got loads of good feedback. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, this may be a project worth uh, expanding. So I, I, I did a, a lot more work on it. I got to version zero, one zero four, uh, pretty much on my own with a few suggestions. Um, and then from 1.04, I managed to get a lot of talented uh, people involved as well. That's when the community really grew. And we managed to get 1.05 out, which is the latest version, which is out now, which is, has come a long way from, from that first better version back in December. So you have a, an open source community kind of behind you, um, and, and obviously you're working with them. Uh, as well, so so you already have a community behind you working with you as well. That that's kind of really awesome, right? Um, I mean, is that is that the sort of the benefits you were looking at, at by making damn vulnerable web app open source? I'm right in thinking that it's released under GPL version two, or is it three, or have I got that completely wrong? Uh, version three off the top of my head without having a look. I'm not too sure whether it's two or three, to be honest, but I think it's three. Uh, yeah, that was a general idea. Um, so get it out there, get people contributing. They're getting, the, you know, their names out there because I've, I've got their links on, on Damn Vulnerable Web App. Um, they're getting to, to better their skills. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just great to get involved and, and build a community up. Okay, I mean, what was... I suppose it's kind of a hard question to ask you, but what, what was the biggest lesson that you you learned w from starting the damn vulnerable web app project? Uh, the biggest lesson that I learned. Um, uh, let me try and think about this one. 
I think I learned the the best thing I learned was was the actual security itself. Um, sort of the maybe PHP is in itself isn't insecure, but the coding is insecure. That's probably the biggest thing that I learned. That it's, it's not PHP itself, but it's how the developers use it, which makes it insecure. Oh, so and and kind of like your opinion with web applications, then that is is it fair to say that maybe the developers need to start testing their skills using damn vulnerable web app? Definitely, yeah. I mean, one of the the main developers, apart from myself, that I had working on Damn Vulnerable Web App is actually a, a web application developer himself. Um, so, yeah, so he, he definitely learned a lot about security from me, and I learned a lot about, you know, developing from himself with PHP. So it's definitely developers can learn from it and, and learn to secure their applications. There's a, a view source button where you can compare the, the low security, medium, and high security source code. So you can see exactly what's making the application secure and what's making it insecure. So it's very easy to to sort of you know see what's going on there. I mean, I've played around with it a little bit, and I've, I've you know first and foremost, I think it's a, a really good good project, and, and anyone who's is, who's interested in either learning how to use tools like Nessus and and so on and mm -hmm. so forth should should definitely download a copy of it. But I've also yeah. sat there and thought that that this would be a really good project for, for developers to be shown in some ways what not to do. Do you know what I mean? And in some ways, you know, if you were looking at doing this, this is maybe a viable solution here. Because am I right in thinking that the, 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 the high security stuff is actually more to do with you're not using any third-party programs or anything like that. It's, it's to do with how the, the code was rewritten almost. Yeah, um, it, it's not even rewriting the code. It's just adding code in there to make it secure. It's just sort of like um, sanitizing the user input, which is a you know, big you know, security flaw um, within web applications. So it's just sort of sanitizing that input, sanitizing the output. Um, and yeah, so, but you can, yeah, you can use, use the code on there as examples. Um, and, and you can definitely use those within your own applications. I mean, it's been tested daily by, you know, uh, hundreds of students. So if, if if they can get past it, they let me know. Then I I fix the bug. So it, it's probably very secure. <laughs> it's an interesting concept that what your bugs are is actually secure is being secure. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great concept. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you if you would kind of is there anything that you would change about how you would do the project if you, you know, with the experience that you've picked up now and what the, and what you've learned, if you were approached and said, right, we want you to do Damn Vulnerable Web App 2, and we want you to take all the lessons that you learned from Damn Vulnerable Web App and apply it to this project, is there anything anything that screams out to you that you would do differently? Um, I would probably get the application more mature before releasing it to the community. I'm not sure if, from looking back, that probably would have been a benefit to me, because when, when, it, when it matured, that's when I got the most people involved in, in it. They, they took it more seriously. Uh, but I'm not sure, looking back, 
it, it seems like a benefit if I would have released it more mature, but because it's the only one I've, I've really released myself, I, I wouldn't be sure if that would be a benefit or not. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I'll shoot myself in the foot because I gave you a swerve ball there because I was interested in, in you know, it, it seems in some ways that it's a young project, but it seems that it, it's starting to, to, you know, grow fast, you know, and, and mature and learn lessons very, very quickly. I mean, I was shocked mm-hmm. when you told me earlier on that, that the project itself isn't really that old. Um, you know, when, when did you say December last year? Yep, December last year I started it um, just for myself, really, and then and then uh, it must have been be- uh, sorry I released it in December, so I, I must have started it a, a few months before. Uh, so yeah, it's still a young project. I mean, it's it's under a year, twelve months old. Um, it's, it's come a long way since since then, and hopefully will go a long way in the next twelve months. Um, I'm currently taking a. I released 105 on the 3rd of September, so not not so long ago, um, after three months' work on it. So I'm currently taking a, a month away from it to get settled into university, and then and I'm going to get bang into it again and, and get the next version out there. <laughs> um, now, where can where can people where where can the Hacker Public Radio guys go and find Damn Vulnerable Web out there? Yeah, we have it. Um, where it has its own own website, which is which is quite new. I released it about a month ago. It's a uh, dvwa.co.uk, or you can go on the source uh, SourceForge project page, which is um, https sourceforge.net forward slash projects forward slash dvwa, uh, and on there you can um, you can get the SVN uh, and download the unstable version, you know, the production uh, version. Uh, on the website, we've got forums on there. We've got a blog, so you can get involved in the community and and sort of maybe give feedback, ideas, and, and stuff like that. Talking about that, I mean, uh, as as well documented, my love for the, the open source community and, and the, the, the the great things that can be achieved by the, the, the letting something free and letting letting people run with ideas. How can people... How can see the average show listening to us today? How can they get involved with the Damn Vulnerable Web App Project? Yeah, I mean anyone's welcome to get involved, no matter what your your skill set or your knowledge is. Um, the best way really is just to download it, have a play with it. If you have any suggestions, maybe some features you'd like add in. Maybe you found a a bug that shouldn't be a bug in there. Um, what you can do is you can go on the uh, dvwa.co.uk forums, um, put a post in there, let us know about it, and if, if you're serious, you want to contribute lots of code to the project, we'll give you SVN access, uh, and you can um, and you can start contributing code to it as well. <coughs> Sorry about that. The um is 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 the scope for people who um, maybe are not so technical in nature, but um, you know, maybe much like myself, where where you know, I'd be happy to sit down and work with that vulnerable web app and maybe produce documentation like how-to guides and setup guides and and stuff like that. Is have you got lots of documentation there, or is or are you needing hands with that as well? Or definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, DVWA is still a, a young project. Um, the documentation we have had some people do bits and bobs here and there, but we don't have a, a definite uh, sort of documentation guide put together at the moment. So yes, if there's uh, anyone out there um, 
you know, he wants to put some documentation together, maybe document the different vulnerabilities, how they work, how to exploit them, um, and stuff like that. That yeah, that would be great. You get past kudos from the community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely something uh, we we need to look into. Yeah, I've often said this before, and 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 as a I suppose I, I, I know that the authors of projects tend to, to shy away when you call them developers and chief developers and so on and so forth because they're parts of teams and they don't want to take uh, they don't want to take kudos away from other people as well. But a question that yeah. I've often thought uh, and I've said quite a lot is um, I've talked to people about how they can contribute to open source projects before, and one of the things mm -hmm. that I've said to to um, my kind of friends that speak lots of different languages. English is not their, their first given language. They're actually translating yeah. an open source project's documentation into another language is probably yeah. a great asset because what that enables you to say you had your project translated into to Russian or, 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 mm -hmm. or Polish or something like that, that, that yeah. you'd be able to get those developers and those people interested who are able to read your document involved in that community and bring in their experience and their ideas and their I mean what, what's your thoughts definitely. on that? I mean definitely I mean the part of it being open source is, is that it's not restricted you know to the UK where you know where it was where it was built but anyone around the world can contribute with so many different types of expertise or knowledge um, surprisingly enough we do get we do, we do have a big um, Asian following um, f from China, uh, Japan. We get a lot of downloads from there. Not not so much feedback or contributions, but they seem to be uh, they seem to download it quite often. <laughs> um, so yeah, to get them involved and, and and writing documentation or or giving it some feedback would definitely be uh, a benefit to the project. Awesome. Um, so as far as the vulnerable web app is concerned download it. Um, now, I've heard you say this before, and I know you're going to mm -hmm. echo it right now. Do not install this on an internet-facing machine. Um, Definitely. Not unless you've been drinking tequila and want to shoot yourself in the head afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's surprising. I, I mean, I put warnings wherever a warning will fit on the application, you know, to warn people not to put it on internet-facing um, uh, servers, but you'd, you'd be surprised how often it, it does happen. Um, some people even email me their their IP address with damn vulnerable web app installed on it. Uh, just probably not the brightest thing in the world to do. <laughs> <laughs> just in case the listeners do, don't don't get what we're saying is that this is an incredibly vulnerable web application. If you put it on internet facing, those there's a good likelihood that you're we'll coin the term here, your box is going to get popped. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a certainty. It's, it's, it's not even a maybe or, or could be. It's, it, it's going to get hacked. You, you leave this up on, even, even if you've got it up for, for half an hour, an hour, I wouldn't advise it at all. Just, just don't do it. We've, it's, it's got, um, I've taken some measures to stop people doing that. Uh, obviously, some people do take those measures out for whatever that's a very silly reasons they have. It's <laughs> a very responsible approach there, Ryan. I mean, you'd, you'd probably find a lot of other developers in that kind of area would go, well, I've put the warnings up, and if you're stupid enough not to read the warnings, then you're, you know, mm -hmm. thus you should get what you deserve. But it seems like, you, you know, you, you've appreciated that that's a real-life problem, and that, you know, yeah. 
sometimes we have to take ownership ourselves to ensure that that mm. this doesn't happen. I mean, my recommendations. Uh, I know your recommendations um, uh, to use is it the the Xamp. Um, Xamp, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, great recommendation. Uh, definitely, either use Xamp. I uh, I myself I stuck it in a um, uh, virtual box. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used a program from there's a an, uh, there's an organization called Turnkey Linux, and they do mm-hmm. um, a very nice Ubuntu-based LAMP server. Uh, it's, it's like 120 meg or something like that. Um, yeah, installs really fast. I stuck that into a virtual box, and then put your application on it, uh, and then I can snapshot it, and then mm-hmm. whatever happens then doesn't matter. And obviously, you know, the same with XAMP as well. And it's the same theory. I mean, if you put yeah. it on a real-life web server, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you may have to pay the pay the price at some point to the fiddler. That's for Definitely. sure. Definitely. Uh huh. Uh, one thing we have been considering is is putting DVWA on a uh, a live CD anyway. Okay. Um. So so as well as having the sort of just the the raw PHP code and downloading that and setting up mm-hmm. the web server yourself. Having a live CD with a web server already set up um, and DVWA already installed. Well, as a as a side note, I have the damn vulnerable web app already set up on a, a, a straight Ubuntu LAMP server, nothing else. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Turnkey give you the ability to um, turn that into a live CD. So uh, I could probably talk Fantastic. to you after this call and see if we can jiggery poke and, and make a, a, a live CD uh, because. Like I say, I think you're right. If you could put it onto a live CD, um, mm-hmm. it's much more secure for the for the user as well. Yeah. Um, so, any so so as a quick kind of crash course, what would be your recommendation to to a new user um, wanting to play with your application and learn a little bit? You know, uh, I'm meaning by that, you know, what sort of tools would you recommend that they use and try? Yeah, well, it's Damn Vulnerable Web App is it, it doesn't require any prior knowledge. Basically, it's 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 there to to teach you. Um, so we're not expecting you. We've made it as easy as possible for the for the beginner to use. On each vulnerability um, page, you'll notice if whenever anyone downloads it, there's a there's more info at the bottom with with links to give more information on on, on those vulnerabilities. I mean, that, that's probably enough for anyone to get a taster and start exploiting these vulnerabilities. But uh, what I would really recommend is, is a book called the, um, what's it called now, the Web Application Hacker's Handbook. Okay. I don't know if you've, if you've read that yourself. It's, it's an amazing book. It covers lots of stuff in there. It's, it's easy to read, and it, it's like my Bible for, for web application <laughs> security. It's got the pride, and pride place on the bookshelf. Awesome. Um, and now uh, I think we've we've talked about the project. Uh, I'm I'm also incredibly desperate to speak to you about your university degree. Um, as some of the HPR listeners will know, and some of them won't know, uh, I also have studied an ethical hacking uh, degree uh, at, at another part in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Ryan and myself, we're we're, we're part of this new breed of uh, British academic 
organisations realising that there's an absolute need for degree qualified ethical hackers to be placed into the workplace. Um, so I, I'd, I'd love to pick your brains about that for a little bit, uh, if that's okay with you, buddy. Yes, yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing ethical hacking for computer security. It's a, it's a Bachelor of Science degree, uh, honours degree at Northumbria University in, in Newcastle. Um, basically, it's a four-year course, a sandwich course. So you do um, two years of uh, classroom learning, as you would in any university. Third year is a placement. So you go out and actively uh, find work, get a job in the industry, uh, gain valuable experience. And then you come back for the for the final year and, and finish off your, your uni university degree. Um, so what we learn is we do stuff like we do computer system fundamentals, which is your processor, your memory, um, how all that all, all that works. Uh, we do uh, databases. We started off with Oracle, and we learn um, SQL. We did uh, computer crime investigation, network technology, um, programming in C and obviously ethical hacking. Um, we also do uh, consultancy projects with, with companies outside the university to give us real world experience as well. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's definitely a great course and if, if you're interested in security and, and you want to make it into a career, I'd, I'd definitely recommend going for an ethical hacking uh, degree. And Northumbria is not, not the only place in, in the UK, as you said, you was, um, I can never remember the name of the place, Aberdeenshire, was it? Uh, Aberdeenshire, yeah. <laughs> there, um, Aberdeenshire. If you're in the UK, um, bearing in mind that, that me and Ryan are not UCAS, we're not a list of universities and we can't tell you where all of them are, but my understanding is is that there is the University of Aberdeenshire, Dundee, um, mm -hmm. the, which is University of... Which one again? Uh, Northumbria. Yeah, uh, I believe Northumbria and Newcastle. I believe um, Coventry University as well. Coventry is doing an ethical hacking course. Um, yeah. I think there's, there's also Sunderland. Of, of I think that it's not live yet, but they're starting to. Which looks quite interesting, and, and there's a, there's a, a, f a few here and there popping up all the time. I think now it's it's becoming it's catching on, it's really and catching uh, on. University of Aberdeen Dundee as well. Although I'm not at the university anymore, they've also um, started a masters in ethical hacking and security as well because of um, how popular it's been. And the masters, mm -hmm. I believe, is into its second year now, um, and mm -hmm. numbers up and up and up. Ethical hacking at Aberdeen is just numbers keep on doubling each year. Uh, I imagine your lecturers at your university are pretty much saying the same thing to you as well, that, that it's not a downturn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were the, we were the first, users, uh, first students to ever do ethical hacking at Northumbria University. Um, so I only have the this year's students to compare to, and it's definitely doubled um, from, from last year uh, to this year. And so it looks it looks very popular um uh, course what was your uh, what was your favorite module then i mean i know you're going to say ethical hacking cuz what other ethical yeah. hacking <laughs> students not going to say that but <laughs> what did you what did you start doing that that you thought you may you know that, that that you didn't think you'd like and you thought jesus christ actually i really did like this is there any particular module that that you know, you went in there thinking, nah, this isn't for me, and left there going, I really learned something interesting there. Mm -hmm. I think um, 
I found networking uh, the, the hardest. I've, I've always, I've, I've never had the chance with not being at university to, to play around with, you know, enterprise hardware. And I've always set up networks, you know, just, just a home network. So I've, I found networking the most difficult at first and, until I got into it. And I, I, I find that I learned the most from, from that module. And, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, that's, that's definitely my favorite module uh, at the moment, uh, as well as ethical hacking, of course. <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately, the, the anticlimax that I went in expecting databases to be dull, and surprise, surprise, that's exactly what they were. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I didn't catch on to that either, to be honest. I didn't. Sorry for all you database people out there. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that stuff just rocks your world. But yeah, <laughs> as an ethical hacker, it's um, we just I mean, want as to long, as long as I, yeah. as long as I can inject it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm. All we want to do is export the table or drop it. One of the two. You know, we don't really. Yeah. <laughs> we're not really interested in much more. Um, no. What kind of modules have you... Oh, you're going into your third year next year, aren't you? So you're going out on work placement. Is that correct? Yeah. I am. Yeah. And have you... I, I am. I'm, I'm still looking for a placement. So if there's any um, any listeners wanting to take me on or if they're interested, if you can get in contact with me, that, that'd, be, that'd be brilliant. So if there's anyone from the HPR audience in uh, it's Newcastle area, isn't it? Because you're not, you're, you're obviously not wanting to travel to America to do it. Newcastle, well. preferably, yeah. <laughs> Newcastle or Vegas, either or. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Newcastle. So, if you any HPR listener in the Newcastle or know someone in there, the the absolutely. Are you still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm still here. It's 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 um, echoing a little bit. All right. Um, Anyone in Newcastle area or know someone in the Newcastle area that, that you know can think that they can help Ryan out, do drop him a line. Um, the you know I, I've talked to people about this before. You can't um, you can't ask for anything more than a tamed geek apart from a tamed geek ethical hacker. Um, so mm -hmm. you know definitely a great asset to have for your business for a year. Um, so I suppose the next question that I want to speak to you because you know we we share similar stories in a lot of ways, Ryan. Um, yeah. I was never part of kind of the the UK hacking scene. I, I, I was I was um, a web developer that mm -hmm. got. I was a self-taught web developer who um, experienced the hacking event, um, and yeah. that pushed me and drove me forward and and one day I ended up you know going on to ethical hacking and from there on in, inwards never looked back um so I was never part of uh, almost that yahoo chat generation of hackers um mm -hmm. but i mean what do you think that the that the hacking scene in the UK is like at the moment uh, I mean, it's obviously not as big as as the American one. Um, it's it's still, in my opinion, anyway, it, it, it's still maturing, which which is great because it means that there's plenty of opportunity out there um, within within the community. So yeah, I mean, it's there are conferences uh, popping up here and there. Some some good conferences uh, down in London. Um, I think they get the 
Black Hat Europe is that is that in London? Oh, I'm not too sure. I know that they have the Europe. I thought the Europe one might have been in Amsterdam. They had InfoSec in London recently. Um, yeah. That's, mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's R- RSA. I think they have as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, my my views are is with the the university courses. What what we're finding is mm-hmm. that cities are now, you know, where they had, where they may have still had the same number of hackers. Um, yeah they're now quite happily to be able to say, oh, I'm at university studying ethical hacking. And yeah, the terms, they're coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, the terms being banded about more, and people are starting yeah. to understand. As as an ethical hacking student, I'm going to ask you this question, and I, I almost know the answer. When you yeah. first meet someone, how do you tell them what course you're on? Because whenever I first ever met someone, and they said to me, yeah. oh, what are you doing at university? I says, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing ethical hacking and countermeasures. And they look yeah. at you, and you have to repeat yourself again because they didn't understand what you said the first time. Mm-hmm. And then do you get asked this question straight on the back of it? How can yeah. hacking be ethical? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what, I know, what I normally say is uh, I've, I've taken the ethical hacking out of it. When people ask me, I just say computer security. Yeah, <laughs> I, turns, uh, yeah I, uh, I, I had the pleasure of, um, showing potential first years around the university every year and I used to explain this story to them and they always used to grab yeah. me within about eight weeks of university and say, yeah, I tell everyone I do a computer security course. And what I've started yeah. to do <laughs> is, um, I mean, at the end of the day, my, our course has slightly different titles. Yours is Ethical mm-hmm. Hacking and Computer Security and mine was Ethical yeah. Hacking and Countermeasures. And whenever I, mm-hmm. I started to get asked, but how can ethical hacking, you know, how can hacking be ethical? And you say, well, yeah, that's sort of an ox- oxymoron sort of thing. Right, but you've chosen to look at the first two words of a three-line statement. It's the exactly, countermeasures yeah. that we're actually here for. Um, uh-huh. and, and I mean, I th- okay. sorry, I think I think hacking only has the, the the bad stigma because of the media in the first place, anyway. So it's, it's just a perception that people have, and they just don't really understand the, the term itself. Yeah, I mean, I think what people maybe don't understand is that how actually widespread hacking is. I don't think people mm-hmm. realize that um, it's happening every single day in front of them, uh, and they and they mm-hmm. don't realize it's a, a clear and present danger every single day out there. And we do need yeah. to produce good quality computer graduates with a firm understanding of security, but up Upon that as well, we need to produce good quality developers with a firm Definitely. understanding of security mm-hmm. concepts. Um, yeah, I don't want to pick on developers, but if between the ethical hackers and the developers, if we work together, you know, we could probably mm-hmm. secure an awful lot of the internet. Definitely, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, obviously I think the yeah, the on. third question I I get asked straight after. Um, what course do you do is, uh, can you hack my boyfriend's email address? <laughs> that's, that's normally the next question that comes out. Right. I, I mean, you're just the legend of my lifetime because whenever I tell a girl I'm doing ethical hacking, I never see her again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of male ethical hacking students out there that whenever a girl asks them what they're doing, yeah, I'm a firefighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um in the interest of trying to keep the show short and, 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 and 
not to, to monopolize too much of your time. Um, mm-hmm. What is your advice for someone wanting to get into ethical hacking? Um, I mean, what, what, and bearing in mind that the, you know, Hacker Public Radio is is a widespread audience, mm-hmm. and sometimes going to university isn't a, an answer. That that you know, if you're wanting to get into something, you're not about to jump into a university course tomorrow to do it. What would yeah. be your advice for someone who just wants to play understanding ethical hacking and wants to to just experience it a little bit more? What would you What would your suggestions be to them? I mean, as, as you said, everyone is in a a different stage in their life, so university might not be the best option for them as it was for me and you at the time. Um, so, I mean, the first thing I'd say is, is you, you've, you've got to just read lots, get books, go online, read online, listen to, to podcasts, uh, just, just get involved in the community and, and learn as much as you can. Just never stop learning. And I think if, if you don't love security or ethical hacking, then then don't do it. If, if you don't have a passion for it, then just don't even start. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to echo exactly what you're saying there. I mean, if you don't love this game, then don't play it. No, it's, it's not for you. It's, it's, it's something that I, that I love, I have a passion for. I, I can't wait to get home and, and read, you know, what, what's the latest going on in, in, in the community, what, you know, what's the latest hack and the newest vulnerability. It's, it's something that I love. And I, th- I think if you don't share that passion, it's, it'd be very hard yeah. for you to, to, to learn, uh, definitely. So, I mean, for me, you touched on some great points there. For me, the, the greatest skill that, that you need before you even consider getting into ethical hacking is the ability to research, is the ability yeah. to, to learn, sometimes on your own steam, and sometimes by mm-hmm. just using something like Google. Or, or yeah. whichever search engine you use, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think yeah, just taking the initiative yourself to 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 try out the things, obviously in a legal way, on on your local network. Just just try things, um, you know, see see what happens, see what the responses are, and, and the best way is to practice and and read, um, and, and it's definitely the 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 way forward. Okay. Um, this is we, we're getting to this this um, point in every podcast where we say, "What's the shameless plug? Um, is there something that you want to, to promote, or, or, or something that you want to share with people?" Um, you know, now's the time to, to jump in and, 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 and go for it. Uh, is there anything you want to, to, to tell the Hacker Public Radio audience? Yeah, um, there's a couple of things. I think I mentioned before that I, I'm looking for a placement for, for next year. Um, so, n- preferably Newcastle area, northeast area, but I am willing to uh, to consider the anywhere in the UK. Uh, another thing, where if if you've downloaded that vulnerable web app one zero five, you you would have seen the uh, the image on there saying that we're looking for a sponsor. Uh, so if you if you'd like to sponsor Dan Vulnerable Web App and and have your logo on there, if you get in contact with me and and we can we can arrange that. Awesome. Um, now, Ryan, how can people? Um, have you got a blog? Is is that your? Could you, have you got a blog address that we can give to people? Yep, it's um, it's www.ethicalhacker.co.uk. The last e is a three, 
so ethical hacker the last year is a three uk um, or you can you can find me on Twitter. I'm a regular um, tweeter. <laughs> um, you can find me on there, um, twitter.com forward slash ethicalhacker. Again, the last E is a three. And and if you want to learn more about the Damn Vulnerable Web App, it's dvwa.co.uk. Okay, so that's ethicalhacker and it's K3R, the last bit. That's correct, awesome. yeah. And you can be found at also your project, can be found on SourceForge and yep. also uh, on dvwa.co.uk. Um, yeah. What's left for me to do now is to once again thank my guest Ryan Dewhurst for taking the time uh, to come and talk about his project and his and, and on, on the show. Um, it's absolutely awesome. Thank you very much, Ryan. Um, You're welcome. It's it's been a pleasure to to come on the show and, and talk to you awesome. uh, and and your audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'd um, so all that's really left for me to do is to thank the Hacker Public Radio audience, you guys at home for listening to us. Before I go, if you like to make a podcast and be part of the Hacker Public Radio uh, production team, almost to say, um, it couldn't really be any easier. Um, you can record a show on anything that you want. Um, we've had shows on lots of different things, from quitting smoking to brewing beer to, to hacking web applications. But if there's anything that you want to share, if there's a project that you want to talk about or uh, a how-to guide that you want to produce an audio version of, um, then really, you know, get a recording done and contact HPR and we can help you getting that show out. Um, HPR is all about uh, car, you know, people taking the time and recording shows and making them available for everyone to download. Um, and HBR can't do a show every day if people don't make shows for us. So please, if you if you do have the time and you want to get involved, that's a great way to help Hacker Public Radio. Um, and you can find the contact details uh, on the Hacker Public Radio site for that. All that's left for me to do is once again thank my guest, thank the listeners, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you all again sometime soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.